Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to our continuing radio show, You've Got to Be Kidding Me, and the series on the book of Genesis, The History of the Strict Spiritual Constructionist Doctrine, as conveyed to us through the Right Reverend Rastus Roosevelt Washington III of the Kingdom Come Last Baptist Church of Gumneck, North Carolina. Welcome back, and it's good to talk to you again. I'm your host, uh, Chuck Atwood, and I'd like to begin the series where we left off last. Well, thank you very much, Chuck. I think this is a good time for us to tell that the stories of the Bible truly heats up at this point in time. So those who hadn't been paying attention might focus and look at the scriptures as they really stated. Now, after Isaac married Rebecca, he had a time before, it may have been that he got up to age 40 before they could have chillings. But when they did, it was written by the scriptures that they were struggling with each other, even within the womb, as if they was wrestling back and forth. And this was foretelling to what the lives of these two young men would be like after they was born and grown up. And they were fighting before they were born? Exactly. If you look at the scriptures, it clearly states that Esau and Jacob, which is the name of their twin boys, came out very different men. Esau... He was so covered with hair and fur of a red color, according to the scriptures, that he must have looked like a young orangutan or some sort of a, a chimpanzee. And hanging on to his ankle as he was born, since they were twins, was his brother Jacob. And the word Jacob means grabber because he was holding on to his ankle when they was born. Be that as it may, they came out fighting and proceeded to do so for the rest of their days. As a matter of fact, as it turns out, Esau, he was a man that hunted and went out in the woods and went out and killed things and brought them back and stayed gone for days at a time. But since Esau was the oldest son, just because he popped out first, he was supposed to be on the direct lineage to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, um, the older son was the one who carried the right, not in this case. This is one of the interesting scriptural doctrines that showed the second son ended up coming in first, but he did so through treachery and some degree of chicanery and some degree of tomfoolery and some other reasons that I can't think of at this moment. Well, please go on with the story, Reverend Washington. Well, when he came out, they was uh, busy following along what they thought was their best thing towards life. And the mama, Rebecca, she really liked Jacob. She used to dress him up in special clothes. And she used to take some of the clothes from Esau's place and put them into on Jacob because she liked him the best. So one day after he'd been out hunting all day, Esau comes in. He's hungry. He smells something and goes up. And Jacob got a big bottle of soup going, and it smells great. He said, hey, oh, Jacob, I'm starving, man. You're going to have to give me some of that soup. And Jacob said, I don't know what is enough for you. He said, well, come on now, man. If you give me some of that stew, uh, I'll do whatever you want. He said, well, what about that birthright that uh, Dad gave you, making you the oldest son and therefore the inheritor to everything great? Well, uh, Esau's reaction was, that birthright ain't doing nothing for me now, and I'm hungry now, so... He said, uh, well, you can have it. Take the birthright. And with that, he left. And with that, 
He ate the soup and gave up his birthright. Now, as soon as his daddy heard about it, it was like, Esau, what's the matter with you, boy? You were supposed to be the oldest son and carry the lineage of Christ. But Esau, he wasn't having none of it because he had some soup. He probably belched real heavily a few times and went to sleep. Be that as it may, Jacob gave Esau that bowl of soup, but he didn't get all of his spiritual blessings from his father. And as a result, there was, um, <clears throat> I think, a conspiracy, in a better term, between the mama, Rebecca, and Jacob, her favorite son, to see if he'd get the rest of the birthrights. So one day, when I, apparently Esau was once again out hunting in the fields, and hunting for animals, and tracking down stuff, his mama said, hey, Jacob, you ought to go in there and get the rest of the birthright that uh, you would have gotten, and uh, put this phone in your arms, because your daddy might pick up on it, because you know he's up in age and ain't picking up on much. And if you get it, you will be the man of the mans. And we can't let that knuckle-dragging Neanderthal brother of yours carry the lineage of Christ. You are the man for the job. So with that, she suited him up in some furry furs and kids' skins and dress stuff and put him on it and went in and said, go tell your daddy that you really eat on. you want the rest of the blessings. So... Jacob put on the outfit and went in there and said, Hey, Dad. <clears throat> I mean, hey, Dad. I'm Esau, and I'm here for the rest of my blessings. And as he was skeptical, the father was actually um, somewhat suspicious that he was being fooled. Exactly, Chuck. You hanging in there. He thought that this might not be him. He said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't sound quite like Esau to me. Oh, quite me, Dad, said Jacob. And uh, with that, he said, why don't you come over here and let me feel you? Because I'll be able to tell. Because Esau must have been one hairy, hairy guy. Son of a gun. So, he walked over, and his daddy felt him up, and felt all that fur on him. And uh, he served him his favorite dish. And he said, uh, your voice sounds like Jacob, but feeling all this fur on you, you must be Esau. And he took him in there, and because of that, Isaac coughed up the last of the blessings that he should have given his eldest son. And with that, Jacob got away with it, and his mother helped him pull it off. And his father said, did all the nations may God bless you in the future, etc., etc., and uh, bless them to bless you and curse them what curses you. And later, Esau showed up with some takeout venison, and he said, hey, Dad, I'm here for my blessings. And Dad said, what? You was already here. He was here a few minutes ago. I just gave you the blessings. And Esau discovered that Jacob had outwitted him and with the help of his mother. And once he found out, he was pissed. Once he got pissed, the next thing he did was he won't get Jacob and beat them blessings back out of him. And his mama said, you better get out of here. You know your brother Esau, he's quite the Neanderthal. He might not take this well. And as a result, you end up getting yourself hurt. So you need to get out of here and head back to the deep homeland down there where the Canaanites is and uh, where your Uncle Laban is, and maybe you'll be able to hide out long enough until he cools off. And that began the Great War where the second son, not the first son, stepped into the lineage that led to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Reverend Washington, I can't say I've heard a more fascinating version of the story of Esau and Jacob in my life. But I thank you for taking the time, and thank you for appearing on our show again today. It's my pleasure, Chuck. Whenever we can get this done, we're going to move on through 
Jacob to the 12 tribes. Y'all, make sure you don't miss out on our vacation Bible school at the same time, which we'll be having at the Alligator River Campground, just like from Gunnet, starting next week. And Chuck, if you could make it, it would prove a lot about what it is that you're down here trying to accomplish. Uh, I don't know what you mean by that, uh, Reverend, but um, we'll certainly try. So thank you much, and this is the end of our unvarnished episode number nine, the story of Jacob and Esau, as revealed through programming of the Common Citizen on our show, You've Got to Be Kidding Me. Thank you, and good night.